and welcome to episode 96 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? To kick things off this week, we need to thank our newest Patreon subscribers. We would like to thank Kevin. Marissa Cabahog. Stephanie Coulson. Tiffany Freudig. Weza Woo Woo. <laughs> Amanda Cook. Ruben Karanwi. Audrey Detwin. Cece La. Rena Wood. Melissa Newell. Kate Davies. Cambry Smith. Karen Atkiss. S. Kelman. Ian Fisher. Patty Boo. Craig. Talia Kemp. Louisiana Maybell. Connor John. Erica Lynn Oritz. The Howling Dog Podcast. Kate H. Crystal McCarthy Swenson. Alexis Edwards. Thank you all so much for being our Patreon subscribers. We really appreciate you. We are thankful for you every single day. And we've got a little baby birthday this week. We would like to say a massive happy birthday to Nelia from Lynn. Happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday to you. We hope it's amazing. We hope you enjoy every bit of it. Yes, we do. So our film review this week. Our film review is Ghost Ship. Ghost Ship was released in 2002. It has 5.5 out of 10 on IMDb and 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Would you like a synopsis? I would. A salvage crew discovers an uninhabited passenger ship lost in 1962 in the Bering Sea. However, they soon realise something is amiss after many paranormal activities are observed. Short and sweet synopsis to the so point. So what were your thoughts on this film? I thought it held up quite well considering how old it was in a way. I know you're going to disagree with me, but I thought it did. I thought the effects were a little bit Haunted Mansion-y. They were very Haunted Mansion-y, <laughs> weren't they? It reminded me of, what was that film? Uh, House on Haunted Hill or Haunted House or the oh, one with the sleep experiment. Yeah, it wasn't House on... Oh, maybe it was House on Haunted Hill. Maybe it was. Whichever one it yeah. is with the sleep experiment. And it reminded me of that film yeah, in terms of... Age. Is it a similar yeah, yeah, age? That yeah. makes sense. It's that sort of four-year period between 98 and 2002 where films look very similar. Um, but yeah, I thought it held up all right apart from the effects. And, and they weren't so bad that it ruined it, I thought, because they were few and far between, really. Yeah, it's a very odd film. It's it's classed as an 18, which yeah. I was really surprised by. Like I know there's, there is a lot of gore in the film, like the first 10 minutes. I wasn't expecting that. Was not expecting. I think that's probably knowing BBFC, the broadcasting people. I'd imagine that's probably why it got the rating it did. Yeah, so the first ten minutes is quite gory, but not in a gratuitous way. And I don't like gore, so it wasn't. I wasn't like unable to watch it. No. Gabriel Byrne is in it, who I'm a big fan of, not just because he's an Irish man, but I do like him in a film. But mainly because he's an Irish man. Mainly because he's an Irish man. <laughs> I I do kind of vaguely resent him being called Murph, or Murphy. In the, in the film. Can we be a little bit more inventive with our Irish names, please? O'Leary. O, O'Leary O'Reilly. <laughs> yep. Could, we can go for that either. It's got a relatively good cast. Like, I, I enjoyed watching the cast. I thought they were interesting to watch. And I fucking love a boat film. Oh, give me a film at sea. Give me a Deep Blue Sea or a Jaws. Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm. Give it to me. Yeah, I'm here for it. Love a boat movie. This isn't that bad. No, I didn't think it was. I thought it was quite good in a way. I like the premise of it. I like the storyline. I like the idea that it wasn't just a ship at sea. There was a bit more to it than that. It had a great antagonist in it who was wasted in this film. I thought... You don't mean drunk, do you? No, I mean... <laughs> I thought that the antagonist character was such an amazing character and I was here for it. 
but they just picked a really weak actor to play him. The part required a slithery character and he played it in the way that was vacant and that's what ruined it. Nice. Slithery is a good word to describe him. Well, what he should have been. So I was quite disappointed with mm. that. It's probably every actor's dream to get that really evil character just every every so often because you can have so much fun with it, but it was wasted on him. Don't really know what he was going for, but he was very vacant. Vacant is what you got. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in kind of the majority of the film, he was fine, but when, when he was pure evil, it was like, oh, I've oh, got... you're disappointing now. But I thought this story was... was had the potential to be a really good story. It was just a little bit weirdly 90s for the time. I've got two issues with it. Okay, go on. There's a freaky little girl in it. Yes. Number one issue. Never going to enjoy that. Second issue is it was pretty low on the jump scares for a horror film. I, I can't believe you're saying that's an issue. Well, I quite like I like I like a jump scare because it scared freaks me out and then I just laugh at myself. So I feel a lot better about and being I scared. And I also laugh at you, so we both get a laugh out of it. <laughs> so I feel better about being scared and there just wasn't any in this, which didn't mean I was necessarily scared because I I have seen it before. But yeah, I you could have done with a few more jump scares for me. It wasn't it wasn't a very scary film at all. I would say if you were coming up to Halloween with teenage, even young teenage children really, they'd probably be able to cope with this film and watch it. And it would it'd be quite a nice horror film to watch. I don't know about how I'd feel about showing how the little girl dies. Oh, yeah. That's a bit dark, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, actually, that is quite dark. No, maybe maybe take that. Maybe don't take what I said on board. I'll tell you what it needs. There. And I'm not normally one to say this. Just want to say that I had a boat pun in there unintentionally, but I still went for it. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm not normally one to say this, but it needs a remake. Do you know, I agree. Because it's and, got potential to be really creepy because floating shipwrecks are creepy. Yes, they are. And I think the sea is fucking scary anyway. There's so much that you could do with just the sea being terrifying and then having paranormal shit too. Like that, that that's not a bad shout. Maybe we should get on remaking it in, in our bath. Could we do that? Yeah, probably. Definitely. Yeah. So what would you give this film out of five? A uh, three. Me too. Me too. I'm going to give it a three. So let's go ship three from both of us. Do you know what? Don't go into it expecting to be scared. But it's kind of like, it's a bit of an adventure film. Um, it's got a bit of a moral to the story too. And it is very reminiscent of, you're right, that period of time in the late 90s, early 2000s, where all the horror films looked the same. Not great, but also not not really a bad film. Which brings us to our story this week. I... Love a boat. Do you love a boat? I do love a boat. It's not something I'd ever I've ever said, I don't think. But yeah. Go boats. Just just they're just great. And I also think the sea is terrifying. The sea is terrifying, but it's also amazing. So today we are going to be telling the story of the Queen Mary. Ooh, creepy. So what do you know about the Queen Mary? There's a little girl ghost on it. <laughs> yes, there are girl ghosts, plural. Apparently uh, there's more than one. But we're only going to focus on one today, but there are more than one. We'll come to that later. Anything else you know about the Queen Mary? Uh, Bagans and his mob have been there. I think every paranormal investigative TV show have been on the Queen Mary. It's because it's essentially a visitor attraction now. It's not even like... Yeah, it's a big old hotel yeah. now and visitor's attraction. And they've kind of... I think they've realised that they can cash in on the whole... Oh, wait a second. The Queen Mary. We could actually get money from people with this whole paranormal tour thing. However, I was unaware of the history of the Queen Mary and actually I found it really fascinating. So are you ready? Never ready. 
Resting in the Long Beach Harbour is the RMS Queen Mary. Now lauded as one of the most haunted hotels in America, the Queen Mary started out her life as a luxury cruise liner. The building of the Queen Mary was not straightforward, and her construction in Clyde, Scotland began in 1930, but she didn't make her maiden voyage until May 27, 1936. The ship was built during a turbulent time in history. Economic depression had ravaged many parts of the world, the trauma of World War I still deeply impacted society, and World War II was looming on the horizon. Interestingly, in times of financial crisis, the lives of the elite in society often remain unscathed, and the Queen Mary ferried the world's rich and famous across the Atlantic Ocean in luxury that many of us could only dream of. The Queen Mary was bigger, faster, and more powerful than the Titanic, and held the record for the fastest ever Atlantic crossing. But at the outbreak of World War II, luxury travel ceased almost immediately. Naval battles raged in the sea, and German U-boats were a very real and very imminent threat to any sea vessel that dared to cross the oceans. The Queen Mary was transformed into a troop ship, and was quickly painted a solid grey to transform her from a luxury liner into a warship. She quickly established her pivotal role in British naval warfare, earning her the nickname the Grey Ghost, due to the sheer unrivaled speed that she could cross the ocean. By the end of World War II, the Queen Mary had carried more than 800,000 Allied troops, she had travelled more than 600,000 miles, and played a significant role in almost every major Allied campaign. She had survived a collision at sea and set the record for carrying the most people ever on a floating vessel, 16,683. She even participated in the D-Day landings. After the war, the Queen Mary resumed her role as a cruise liner, but cruises were now going out of fashion with the dawn of affordable air travel. Eventually, After making 1,001 successful Atlantic crossings, the Queen Mary was permanently docked at Long Beach and became the hotel and tourist attraction that she is known as today. Before we dive into the ghost stories of the Queen Mary, there is a historical significance of this story that's impossible to ignore. And the vast body of the vessel has experienced and absorbed the full range of human emotions. It has seen the hedonism of the super-rich and the desperate fear of young soldiers. It saw the relief of the rescued and the feverish excitement of women and children on their way to a new world in America. It's also important to note that on top of this, the Queen Mary is the site of 49 official reported and recorded deaths, many of which were accidental and many of which were traumatic. So who are the ghosts of the Queen Mary? As with any haunted attraction, there are a few ghostly entities that take the foreground as the most famous inhabitants of the Queen Mary. Jacqueline Torrin, also known as Little Jackie, is one of these such ghosts. The legend goes that in 1991, psychic Peter James conversed with the ghost of a little girl on board the Queen Mary for 10 whole minutes. What is most astounding about this legendary exchange is that it was filmed 
and went on to be one of the most famous clips of the TV show Sightings. There are many who will raise an eyebrow at the fact that this clip launched Peter James into the public eye, but there also have been numerous sightings of a little girl on the decks of the Queen Mary for many years. Some wholesome and sweet, and some disturbing. Jackie's favourite game to play with guests is peekaboo, where they will glimpse a child peeking out over a balcony, only for her to giggle and then quickly disappear as soon as eye contact is made. She will often reappear in another part of the room instantaneously and impossibly, giggling and peeping. People walking through the pool house have heard the plaintive cry of a small girl looking for her mommy, and it is believed that she remains on board desperately searching for her lost mother. Frank Barasos had always been fascinated by the Queen Mary, both because of its history and its alleged hauntings. Over the years, Frank had conducted many investigations in the Queen Mary and had turned up nothing of interest, or at least nothing that couldn't be explained away by some rational thinking. One night, Frank was investigating the first-class pool room and decided to try and conduct some EVP sessions. He spoke directly to Jackie, asking her to come forward. And a tiny voice responded from the darkness. No. This was not a staticky replaying of a voice recording, but a clear response that came from the shadows and in real time. Frank later discovered that her voice was picked up on his recording equipment too. But this was only the beginning. As Frank watched in disbelief, the lights in the pool room began to flicker independently of each other. One would flicker, and then the next, and then the next as though something was moving from light to light further and further away, until it reached the mezzanine. And then he saw it. A dark flash. A child-sized shadow figure sprinted across the mezzanine and out of sight. Another famous entity of the Queen Mary is that of William Eric Stark. Senior Second Officer William Eric Stark was just about to go off duty when the captain of the watch asked him to entertain some new officers and make them feel welcome. In a rush, Stark asked the two new crew members to meet him in his quarters and hurried to make himself more presentable. He stopped on the way and asked his steward to fetch him a bottle of gin and to waste no time in doing so because he was in a hurry. The steward, not wanting to hold Stark up, went to the nearest cabin and grabbed a bottle of gin with the intention of replacing that bottle at a more leisurely pace. He delivered the gin to Stark, pleased with his ingenuity, and then just went about his business. Stark poured himself a gin and lime juice and downed it after a long, hard day. He poured himself another and sipped it, awaiting for his guests to arrive. When the new officers took their drinks, they sniffed them and looked at each other confused. Something was wrong. They looked at Stark, and he seemed fine, 
but they told him that what he was drinking didn't smell like gin. Stark laughed it off, rolled his eyes, and sought out another fresh bottle of gin. The next day, Stark was rushed to the infirmary in crippling, agonising pain. It wasn't gin in the bottle. It was a caustic cleaning agent called tetrahydrochloride, which is deadly if ingested. Stark died a slow, horrific death over several days. There have been several reported sightings of Stark throughout the ship, but none more prominent than the location of the old infirmary. Several guests have reported being woken by a gurgling, coughing noise, accompanied by laboured breathing, coming from inside their room. To talk about all of the ghosts of the Queen Mary would take all day. But there are others that are at least worth a mention. There is the ghost of John Pedder, an 18-year-old who was crushed to death in a tragic but avoidable accident. As with many teenagers, Pedder and his crewmates would come up with ridiculous and sometimes dangerous ways to entertain themselves while on their long-duty shifts. One of which was an ill-fated game of chicken with door 13. Door 13 was a watertight door, designed to close in the event of a flood on board that would prevent other areas of the ship from flooding. Every so often, the captain of the ship would do a door drill, where an alarm would sound and the crew members had to be in a certain position by the time the airtight doors were closed or they would risk being trapped. It became the standard game among the crew members to try and run through the doors as they were closing to see who could get through at the very last second. These doors were heavy, and they closed fast. And unfortunately, John Pedder just wasn't fast enough. Women in particular report their hair being stroked and moved from their faces, whispers in their ears and seeing shadows darting down corridors. The disembodied cries and moans of a man can be heard around door 13. There is also the apparition of Captain John Treasure Jones. Captain Jones spent 47 years of his career at sea. And in fact, he spent a grand total of 43 continuous years at sea. His last ship was the Queen Mary, which would likely have been his biggest honour as sea captain, and he manned her until she docked for the final time. He has been sighted most often on the bridge looking out to sea. He is also sighted near his old quarters, and the smell of cigar smoke often appears and lingers there, despite smoking being strictly forbidden on the Queen Mary. When he is seen, he is always wearing his captain's uniform. Lee Frankel was at a meeting on board the Queen Mary in January 2013. It was for his company, and unlike many of the ghostly reports of the Queen Mary, he was not there in search of spirits. He was just there for work. He checked in, got his key, and headed towards the lift, where the captain of the ship was waiting for the lift to arrive. Lee nodded at him, impressed by his white suit and his captain's hat and they stood shoulder to shoulder waiting for the lift to arrive. The lift arrived and they entered together. Lee pressed the button to his floor, 
and turned to ask the captain what floor he wanted and recoiled as he realised that the captain's head was turned staring blankly straight into Lee's face. He got such a shock but he managed to stumble out the question what, what floor do you want? But the captain remained silent just staring at Lee. He stared at Lee the entire journey and eventually the lift stopped and Lee rushed out, wished the captain a good day and made his way to his room. He shook off the experience and was only reminded of it that night at dinner. One of his co-workers was explaining the ghost tours that were taking place on the Queen Mary. Lee laughed and suggested that the captain should be the one leading them because he was kind of creepy looking and was silent and stared a lot. He chuckled to himself while his co-workers looked at him questioningly. They asked him if he had met a reenactor or something and he said no and repeated that the captain would definitely be able to lead a ghost tour because he was so unnerving. There were no reenactors on the Queen Mary at the time and there definitely was no captain on the Queen Mary either. The last entity, or rather entities, that I think are worth noting on the Queen Mary are interesting, to say the least. The first is the man in the lobby, and the second are the shadow people. Numerous guests have reported returning to their rooms and being stopped in their tracks by a shadowy figure standing in the corridor, seemingly turned towards them as though waiting for them. The figure will then either fade from view or suddenly sprint away at an alarming speed. These shadow figures have been described as being tall and thin, with long arms and legs, but also small, like children, tall and bulky, short and round, sometimes with a faint shadowy outline of a suit or a dress, and sometimes sporting the outline of a hat. But the man in the lobby is what really took me by surprise. There have been reports of a man standing in the lobby in a distinctive mustard yellow suit and wearing a yellow fedora. Witnesses report his unusual height and outfit as being the first thing they notice about this man and then they will see his face. Frozen in a huge grin that somehow feels threatening. He then turns and ambles off down a hallway. Those who have followed report that he turns a corner and will have travelled to the end of a long corridor at an impossible speed. He will then stand and wait for the person, seemingly completely aware that he is being followed, all the while wearing his big frozen smile. And then he simply vanishes from sight. There are countless ghosts that have been reported on the Queen Mary. Too many to mention in this episode. But what's really important to think about is that this vessel has carried so much human life and so much human emotion that maybe it's impossible for shadows not to remain. Hold the front page. What 
is Ingrid motherfucking cold doing on the Queen Mary? Before we get to Ingrid, Ingrid, Ingrid. Oh, did I call him Ingrid? Didn't I? Yeah, I've written Ingrid, Ingrid as well. Ingrid, close. Before we get to Ingrid, I was going to call him Leaf Cassidy. So interesting. <laughs> I would like to discuss how hardcore you need to be as a drinker to not realise that you are drinking tetrahydrochloride, whatever the thing was called, I can't remember, and continue to drink it thinking it's gin. I mean, that man must have been, he must he must have had a mouth of steel or a mouth full of wax like Homer Simpson when he eats the really hot chilli pepper. Or I'm, is it a testament to the power of lime? Is that the real paranormal question of this yeah. story? The power of lime. Well, it does. It is an overpowering flavour. If you put lime in anything, it's a lovely flavour. But it's a very overpowering flavour. So maybe it just masked it. Thank goodness the other two smelt it. Thank goodness the other two. Imagine, imagine. Imagine they all drunk it. Imagine the vague fear of these two (laughs) new crewmates. You go to meet this man who's welcoming you in and he's drinking fucking like industrial (laughs) cleaner. Like it's gin. And you're sitting there going, is this man trying to kill me? Or, oh my God, who are these people? I have to work here. For, for potentially years docking and sailing with these lunatics who are drinking cleaner. What a man. But it's that need to clock off, isn't it? We've all made mistakes in those last minutes when our boss has asked us to do something at the very last minute. Can you go and photocopy these pieces of paper end up drinking bleach? It's a very common problem. We've all been We've there. We've all been there. Yeah. It's just that eagerness to please mixed and with wanting to go home. Can I please ask who leaves, who leaves a bottle of cleaner that looks very like a bottle of gin in their cabin maybe this is a murder maybe the cleaner didn't like him it's always the cleaner cleaner always did it or more than likely did he just open a door thinking it was a room actually it was a broom cupboard didn't bother turning the lights on felt for a glass bottle that must be the looked at it clear liquid here you go yeah the glass bottle that was like <laughs> caution do not drink <laughs> Apparently, William Stark couldn't read. Well, it's not even William Stark. Maybe he just didn't even look at it. He just poured it. But maybe the cleaner couldn't read or chose not to read. Or do the Queen Mary just store all of their liquids in gin bowls? Because they're very up for recycling. Well, that's a very questionable method of storage, if that is what you're going to do. If you're going to store your cleaning products in gin, it's that that is, that is an accident waiting to happen. Waiting to happen. And I'm not a gin fan. But I can only assume that if I was to drink a shot of gin that was actually a shot of bleach or caustic cleaning liquid, I think I think I'd I think I'd know. Fair. But the 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 version of this story that I read, so this all of this came from a book called um, Ghosts of the Queen Mary, and the link is in the description and all that usual jazz. Apparently, he just like it, it didn't even impact him in the immediacy. Like he carried on the conversation, was having a great laugh. Stayed drinking actual gin with his crewmates, and it kind of sounded like they were like, "Um, William, I I don't think this is um, don't think this is. I think you're drinking, think you're dr- drinking bleach, mate." And he was like, "Oh, not again! Hang on till I get a proper bottle of gin. Oh, you wouldn't believe how often this happens with our storage system on this ship." And then the, he just carried on. I mean, fair play to him. It also sounds like from the haunting experiences with this guy that he's perpetually living his own death. Which is not very nice, is it? No, I mean, that's awful. 
Oh, they said the same the thing. And the gurgling and that. They said the same thing about the guy at door 13, that they often hear the moans and cries at door 13, which is, again, awful. What a way to die. The only thing I will say about Tony Stark's granddad or uncle or whatever he is, um, is that's the only one that I hadn't heard before. Well, I've got two more that oh, I didn't apart include. apart from Indrid Indrid Cold, Cold being there, yeah, that surprised can come back me. To me later. There's two more that I didn't include that are are actually murders that allegedly happened on the Queen Mary. But the problem with somewhere like the Queen Mary, I think, is that people put these things in books as fact, but there's not necessarily record of these things happening. One was that there was a crewmate that was so despised that in a door drill, the rest of his team grabbed him and forced him to stand in the middle of door 13 and let it close on him and allowed him to die. Uh, well, al- allowed him to die. Redaz murdered him. There was also another story about a cook who was again so despised that his crew mutinied against him and they boiled him alive in a big vat. I reckon that kind of stuff goes on though, doesn't it? Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Although I have to say... It's a very intense situation to be at sea for months on end. Imagine this guy was at sea for 43 years or whatever it was. Imagine if he didn't like your crewmates. 43 years of looking at them and thinking of all the different ways you could kill them. Because you definitely would. You definitely would. And and Jane in the wrong bottle. Maybe Stark wasn't actually a very well-liked man. Maybe. So let's we just rattle through them in order quickly then. Yeah, let's go for it. Little Jackie I'm not giving any attention to because she'll appear in the house and then I'll have to run away from her. I think you need to pause your moving for a second because Jackie is actually so prevalent on the boat that many people have gotten pictures of her. Would you like to see a picture of Jackie? Not particularly, no. Well, you're going to see it. So Thanks. I'm going to show you a picture and I'd like you to describe to the listeners what you are seeing. So this is Jackie. Oh my gosh. So imagine um, Mr. Burns in that episode as a little boy. No, I'm kidding. That's what I always say the ghost of the girl looks like. Uh, this is just like a really creepy looking head. Dark hair poking over a little staircase. Not nice. Don't need to see that again. Thanks for that. It reminds me of the photo that was taken inside the Amateurville Horror House. Or like allegedly taken inside that house. But it's very definitely like... Something. A little face peeping out over... The balcony. It's a full face as well. It's not like a, mm. you know, a shadow of a head mm. or whatever. So mm. it is an nope. interesting, nope. it's an nope. interesting little picture. No, nope, not interesting. Don't, don't care. Okay. So we're going to move on from Jackie. Jackie's there. Just, she exists. The reason I don't like her is because she giggles, she peeks and she cries. And that's creepy behavior. There are lots of videos as well on YouTube. If you look her up of her like singing and stuff, but generally during the ghost tour of the Queen Mary. So... It's like the uh, ghosts you see down the tunnels at Dover Castle. Yeah, which are actually... <laughs> projections. Projections. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think you can take those with a pinch of salt. But they're definitely worth a little a little look up if you want to have a little spook for yourself. I believe little Jackie is the ghost that Mr. Bagans is talking to when there's some cool footage of a ball moving in the swimming pool. Yes. Which I remember I that episode of Ghost Adventures. I remember yeah. watching it thinking, oh, okay, well, it's just clearly uneven. And then actually paying attention to it and thinking, hmm, that is a little bit odd. So they believe that Jackie drowned in the pool. And that's why she spends her time there. But like you said, there'd be a record of someone drowning in the pool on the ship that big. It wasn't clear in the research that I did yeah. whether hers and whether hers was a recorded death or not. It was kind of, it seemed to be that this legend of jackie might have come from 
a psychic and that he said, oh, I'm connecting with this little girl. So who knows? But she, you know, she has been seen numerous times. You cannot go on a cruise and then reappear minus a little girl and it not being recorded somewhere. <laughs> Very true. But then you have to think about the amount of, say, in that first... Uh, they called them Brides and Babies, where they brought all the war brides and children over to America after the war. They had, on the first trip, they had, they found 10 stowaways. And they believe there was actually an awful lot more stowaways that okay. they didn't find. So it's very likely that there were people on board the ship that they just weren't aware of. Okay, let's move on from creepy little girl ghosts. Um, I feel like we've spoken quite a bit about William Eric Stark. What a man. What a man, what a man. What Stomach a man, of iron. We love him. Man. Uh, John Pedder is another one where they spent a lot of time on Ghost Adventures and that other one with the two guys that are like me and you. Buzzfeed on top. Yeah, that's the one. They yeah. spent a lot of time looking at Door 13. The thing that really gets me about this is if it is true, I'm really frustrated by the fact that the door is numbered 13 because it's just too, like, spoopy, isn't it? Like, if it was like Door 46, you'd be like, okay, maybe that's true. But Door 13 just sounds like it's made up. Do you think? I mean, obviously there is a door 13. Yeah, but I know what you but mean. But the fact that that's the cur- the cursed door or the haunted door is just a bit like, okay. And again, there's probably records in it, but there were, I've seen some, I've seen some things, man, <laughs> on those episodes where- You weren't there, man. Where there's stuff that's going on around that area and it's clearly, it is clearly creepy. But it's also in the guts of the ship, so there's obviously creaking and stuff going on naturally and anyway. And clanging. I think ships are very clangy places, yeah. you know? Um, I think the captain, John Treasure Jones, um, that was the name he gave him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for the name alone is clearly true. 100% yeah. I also feel like if it was his biggest honour and he was at sea for 43 continuous years, when he dies, he's going to stay on a ship, isn't he? Isn't that insane? Like, and I know sea people, like... Sea people. <laughs> is that not the word you use for them? <laughs> what do you I think call sailors is a oh, non... <laughs> It's a non-gender specific term, so you're okay with that. Sea people. <laughs> I meant sailors, but I didn't just, that word didn't go into my head. Oh, hang on. Oh. What I was going to say is I think sailors are a really tough breed of people. Absolutely. Like, I don't understand how you could be at sea for 43 years and not turn into some sort of sea creature. Surely, is that not where mermaids come from? Like, my mind is blown. When I read that earlier, I was like, he spent how long continuously at sea? Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. And it just makes total sense to me. And none of it's too, like, beyond the realms of possibility. Well, I mean, other than it being a ghost. But uh, none of it's too beyond the realms of possibility. It's just sightings, isn't it? Of yeah. places where a captain would be. Yeah, he's seen and on the bridge cigar and smoke yeah. is such a common ghost smell. Yeah. And it's so distinctive. And I think that's why it's a common ghost smell. I love the smell of cigar smoke. I feel like there's some things that we smell that probably are ghosts, but the, the smells are just so not unique. We're just like, okay, who's smoking a cigarette or who's doing this? Or... Yeah, fair. And cigar smoke, I mean, not many people smoke cigars anymore, do they? No. Except if you're of a certain generation, I think. That story about Lee Frankel freaks me out so much. Right? So I found that story in the book Ghost of the Mayflower. And the problem with a story like this or... The Mayflower? Or what is it called? The Queen, Queen Mary. Mary. <laughs> My flowers are very different. Shape. Very different. Sorry, but I found that in 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 that book, and I was really struggling to find people's real paranormal experiences on the Queen Mary. So it was all like, 
it, everywhere I went just kept giving me like the history and these are the famous ghosts. And I was like, but I want people's actual experiences of them. And that one really gave me the hijibis as well, because he specifically said in the story, he was really unnerved by him because this man just kept staring at him really blankly. And he was like, okay, this is fucking weird. What a strange captain on the ship. But at the time, apparently there were no reenactors because now at the moment I think they do uh, a captain's tour where somebody dresses up as a captain and brings you around and whatever. Yeah, why not? It's good cracking it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. at the time, I don't think they were doing them, and it was and he was completely shook by the experience. Oh, though it would be it would have been a fun thing to do if you were a reenactor, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, just fuck people <laughs> up. Yeah, I think they do like lots of horror mazes and stuff now too, which okay, I I, yeah. would, I haven't experienced a horror maze last year for the first time. I would do it again. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not. That story did give me the creeps. Um, the shadow people doesn't surprise me. Loads of people were on it. You know, it might be happiest moment for a lot of people. So why not go back to it? You just, or it could just be residual energy. Doesn't surprise me. We need to talk about the elephant in the room. Yeah. What? Why is injury cold on this boat? Yeah, I don't know. What is he scouting? I was going through all the different stories, right? And it was like. Mary and Darren, two ghosts that have been spotted in the dining room. And I was like, okay, I need something like that's a little bit meaty, you know. And then uh, it would be like two soldiers were seen and, and whatever. And I was like, okay, well, that's understandable. You know, it's a big old warship. I get that. And then it was like the the dude in the fedora is what the author referred to him as. And I was like, you mean the man in the hat? So I was like, right, I'll have a read of this and see. And then I read it and I was like, Indrid. What are you doing here? What are they scouting? Why have they got a scout on the Queen Mary? What are they observing Bizarre. with us? Is it our reaction to ghosts? Bizarre. Who knows? Why Why are you there? Don't tell me, actually. I don't want to know. I yeah, don't know why I pose that as no yeah, You're don't. fine. I'm good. I don't need to know, but You why? do you, Indrid. Maybe he's like me and just loves a good boat. Yeah, maybe. But, maybe genuinely and maybe this is it. the first time in, in the entire experience of Indrid Cold where he's genuinely smiling. It's just it's a little bit awkward. Or... Because he's so happy to be on a boat. Have we never considered the fact that he might actually just be on holidays? Could be. You know, we've had this question before about whether or not ghosts go on holidays and whether they go on holidays in ghost ships. Maybe Injured Cold is on holidays on the Queen Mary. Yeah, maybe. But, I, oh man, I was hijubious when you read that out. So what do you think? Is the Queen Mary haunted? Yes 100%, or no? 100%. I think a lot of these are um, padded out stories. I'm not challenging little Jackie because I don't need to be proved wrong on that one. I'm sure she re- she's real. I'm really sorry for listening if I suggested that you might not be. Um, but I think some of the others might be a bit padded out. I s- feel like William Stark's story is so crazy that it's got to be true. And if that's the way he went, then... Oh, you'd be pissed off. <laughs> oh, you'd be so annoyed. I'd be haunting the crap out of people just as that, just out of frustration, I think. Yeah, it's definitely haunted. I just feel like a lot of this is... Yeah. But I also it think it's a pretty smart business plan. If you've got an empty building that you don't know what to do with, start inventing some ghost stories, run ghost tours, boom. I think we've figured out what our next venture is going Solved to be. Solved economics. So before we go, there is something else that I need to say. So in... You're going to tell me the Queen Mary doesn't exist? No, it's an illusion. <laughs> so in my research for this episode, I went on to Reddit, obviously, because you always, that's what you do. And I went on to sailors of Reddit. What is the most, the creepiest or most unnerving thing you've ever seen at sea? 
I didn't use any of the stories in this because none of them are paranormal but my god they will ruin your life I left the link in the description for this episode so if you have a couple of hours to spare go and read that thread I mean the stuff people have seen at sea makes my skin crawl and I'm not talking about like paranormal stuff I'm talking about natural stuff where people are seeing sharks that are bigger than they could possibly anyone could possibly even imagine they're seeing like there there's loads of people who had said you know they were caught in fog and fog is apparently the worst thing at sea because it's like being it's like sensory deprivation it can make you hallucinate there was one story i read about this like father and son who were deep sea fishing and it became really foggy and they started hearing this slapping sound like somebody like slapping their hands on the water and they were like what the fuck and it started coming closer and closer. And it was the only thing that they could hear. They couldn't see anything. It was foggy. And next thing, this stingray just sailed through the air and landed in the ship. But it was a whole school of stingray that were all coming out with the water and like slapping on. But of course, because it was so foggy, they couldn't see it coming. And the guy was like, it was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. But it was, it had a completely rational explanation. Yeah. But Hell no. an absolutely fascinating read. Was there anything about the Kraken? No, there wasn't. No. But there were things about like huge sea creatures. Not like sea monsters, but like, like I said, really big sharks and stuff. There was one story about a guy who threw down a massive hook. Like they were kind of having a laugh. And they, he th- threw down a huge hook with a big lump of meat on it at the end of the, their fishing day. And when he pulled it back up, the hook was completely straightened and he was like I don't know what's big enough to do that loads of stories of people who were in the middle of the sea and then they look around and the sea is just glowing from like jellyfish that glow in the dark like crazy stuff crazy stuff so definitely worth a read if you've got some spare time so if you enjoyed this week's episode you can find everything that you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com You can find the links to all of our social medias there. You can also find the email address to send your stories to. You can find the link to our Patreon where for $5 or $2 a month you get over 70 episodes of extra content for $5 and over, I think it's 27 episodes of 50p Movie Club for $2. Have I done that many? Yes, you have done that many. Good job, team. Is there anything else I need to say? No, I don't think so. When I don't do reviews, it feels really empty, mm. this side, doesn't it? Mm. I need to figure out how to get them back. You need to... S- oh, you need to get the reviews back, you mean? Yeah. I thought you meant to get the emptiness away. I think if you sing these, that's obviously what the people are demanding. That's what the people want. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye! Bye!